From Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, you're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we have a conversation that takes you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming, and I am all alone hosting... Well, I'm not all alone. I've got lead pastor Steve Mickle with me. How are you doing today, Steve? Hey, Ben. Steve? Great to be with you again. You know, Evan was like, hey, we should totally start this podcast. And he was like, hey, I should totally go to Italy um, right after we start it and leave you alone to figure out how to run the computer and to do all this stuff. So uh, things might be, might be a few hitches in the giddy up today. It's going to be we'll great. we'll go ahead and make it happen. It's going to be good. Um, so we are in part two of a series that we're going through as a church called The Emotionally Healthy Life. And part two is called Facing your shadow. And I love how you defined facing your shadow in here. It says your shadow is the damaged but mostly hidden version of the person that God created you to be. So really just kind of uh, on a really broad scale, why are we talking about this? How does this fit into the emotionally healthy life? Yeah. So Peter Scazzaro uh, kind of to- coined that term shadow and defined it the way that we did uh, this last weekend in, this, in, the, in the sermon. And we're, we're talking about self-awareness really. And that is all the EQ guys, uh, Steve Stein, others that have kind of been instrumental in emotional intelligence all say that self-awareness is kind of like the cornerstone of, uh, emotional health. And so we have to start there. We, we have to start in that place. And <laughs> very few people like to, I gotta be honest, Ben, very few, <laughs> including me, it's not like a natural, Ooh, I can't wait to like be transparent with someone. It's really oh, hard, um, but it's so important if we want to be emotionally healthy. Yeah. And it's such a difficult concept, even as we've been talking about it together and I'm sure, especially for you prepping for this message, the whole idea of self-awareness, you know, it's like, well, how do I know that I am self-aware because am I aware of myself? (laughs) (laughs) It kind of breeds almost in me and, uh, this, this kind of paranoia, you know, like I think I'm okay and I'm good at, but what if I'm not? And then, well, what if nobody's telling me that I'm not? And am I really good? And is everybody, it's like, you can kind of create this idea. Well, everybody's out to get me or I'm completely not self-aware. How am I, you know, did it play kind of on your mind at all talking about this and really going through your own life. Yeah, for sure. For sure, Ben, because the, the I've noticed too in leadership, like the, the higher you get in a leadership position with more influence, the less people talk to you yeah. and the more paranoia that you can actually have because you're like is anybody saying anything to me? Cause nobody is. So am I okay? Am I, you know, am I not okay? So to, to have a couple of people in your life who aren't enamored by position or influence and they love you enough to be honest with you and they're trusted people. So they're not the guys that are going to go out and uh, hear what you say and they go tell their best bud. Hey, I just talked with Steve, you know, and yeah. he like downloaded <laughs> some stuff you can't believe <laughs> that uh, right then that will stop self-awareness from happening. You yeah. will, as soon as that happens once, and this is the problem because this has happened to everybody where you've been vulnerable and it's come back to bite you. And, uh, and so you just have to find those people that you just know are not going to do that to you uh, so that you can move into this uh, with confidence. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the people that we allow to be that kind of an influence on our life, because it's, it's one thing to say, Hey, we got to find somebody that we can talk with this about. And then, you know, you don't want to run out and just talk to the next person. Uh, I once was told by a pastor that I, I trust and love that there are three kinds of people there. Some of them get a vote and some of them get a voice and some people get a view. And there are a few people that just need that view. They get to watch things in your life. There's some people that get a voice where you'll let them speak into it, but 
what they say doesn't necessarily allow you to make the decisions mm-hmm. in your life or force you to make decisions. And there's some people to vote. You know, your wife, that's I really would imagine, good. gets a vote. Yeah, my that's boy, so my good. wife gets a vote. Yeah. Um, how do you have any keys or tips? Uh, ideas of how you determine who those people are, maybe who gets the vote in your life where you can talk to them about it. They can help you face. So yeah, great question. And that, that those three things that you just mentioned are so valuable. Um, that's worth the podcast right there. Ben, what you just said, uh, in terms of having those different people and categorizing them. But for me, what I do in relationships until I'm sure that those people are trustworthy is that I'll, I'll, I'll kind of launch some, some things that I'm willing to be vulnerable with, with that person and to be vulnerable with, with everybody. So I'm okay if this that I'm about ready to share with you gets out. And so I'm going to tell you because in the back of my mind, I'm not sure which group you're in yet. And so, but I'm going to share with you some things that I don't necessarily share with everybody, but I'm okay if they do get out. Does that make sense? Ben? Yeah, and so then, sense, yeah. and then if I hear that those things got out, yeah. Well, I know where that guy stands in the grouping, right? And yeah. so then I'm, that's okay. Great. I know where that person is. I'm not going to try to change them or try to get them into uh, more of a trustworthy relationship yeah. with me. I just move on and look for the next person. And then I found that over time, the more I kind of give to somebody and they've proved trustworthy with the information that I share with them, um, the more valuable that relationship becomes. And even with the guys that I can share everything with now, with now which is only three, three men in my life, to be honest, mm-hmm. been there are only three men yeah. that I share everything with. Um, that took, took, um, at least two years or more per person to get to that place Mm -hmm. because I wasn't, I wasn't, you just don't dive into the deep end of the pool with this stuff. You do have to be very careful. Otherwise you'll never do it because you get burned so many times. And to make it clear, I mean, uh, I I hope people, and and I'm sure they didn't because you you communicated it well on this last weekend, but I hope people don't leave the service going, you know, I'm just, I just need to ask this massive group of people to evaluate my life (laughs) and tell me what's going on. You know, the grocery store clerk and the barista (laughs) and, uh, Hey, you know, would you just tell me, you know, did I order properly today? And, um, you know, I don't be, don't be, man, I just need to tell everyone, but definitely find some people that you trust. And for me, that person has been my wife and my wife and I are very different. <laughs> um, and I know a lot of people say that, but I've met some husbands and wives where I'm like, man, you guys are lockstep. You guys yeah. are very much alike. And that's not my wife and I. And, you know, my wife grew up, um, in a, in a Presbyterian church. I grew up in a really Pentecostal non-denominational church and I started doing ministry almost 10 years ago and we got married six years ago. And I had really developed this love for ministry. My dad's a pastor and my dad, we were that family that would go to church on vacation no matter what. Oh, no, you, you weren't. Know? Oh, yeah. No matter where we were, we would find a church, baby. And, uh, and I don't know how my dad did it, but he always figured out how to do it. That's and funny. We, we were that way. And once I started working in ministry, I thought, man, we're, we're going to do it that way. This is right. You can't miss church, and you can't. Um, and picking that up from my dad, and my dad loves the church. He still pastors, and he's my hero. Yeah. But I remember taking my wife on vacation probably our first or second time. And I was texting the guy who had covered my ministry on vacation. Uh, Hey, how's it going? Thinking I'm, Hey, I'm encouraging you. (laughs) I am loving my leaders. Being responsible. Being responsible. (laughs) My wife was like, you have to stop right now. We are on vacation. And I, we got mad and uh, we had a huge fight and it probably took me over a year to be like, I was a total idiot. (laughs) 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 I I didn't see it from her perspective, but that was a big part of the shadow 
that, that I had never discovered. And it was so uncomfortable yep. and so hard and really like humbling. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, man, what a difficult, and it's not always, it doesn't always work between a husband and a wife. I mean, sometimes this, you know, that might take a while even for a husband and wife to be transparent enough. And I've found that was with my wife or with any other relationship. If I can put myself in their shoes, if I can, uh, if I can seek to understand before being understood, before seeking to be understood, then that relationship has way more of a chance of being vulnerable, transparent, and honest with each other. If, if you, you know, you don't exist, Ben, to make sure that I'm self-aware, right. we are for each other, you know? And I think that's an important truth is that I want to, I want to look from the other person's point of view as much as possible rather than just my own. And I think that's huge in marriage. I think it's huge in any kind of deep friendships uh, that we have that sense of uh, empathy. Um, and actually, Casey's going to talk about that this weekend. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the next step in this series is how do we look at that? How do we look at life through the lens of other people's uh, viewpoint? Yeah. So, so I want to start this. Pastor Steve, I have listened to your message and I'm, I'm wanting to be active about this and I want to be intentional about it. And I am sitting down to coffee with somebody that I believe could be someone that gets a vote in my life or that I could, how do I start this conversation? What are, what are some real kind of practical things that I can say to this person to maybe not make it weird um, (laughs) uh, and make it something that can be effective going forward in our relationship? Yeah, I usually start with questions uh, for me. I usually um, just ask the person, hey, I'm thinking about, um, you know, digging a little bit deeper into my life and making sure that there's no blind spots. And, um, and you know, you came to my mind wondering if you would even be willing to help me in my own journey uh, towards vulnerability and transparency. So questions, asking questions, seeing how the person responds, giving them an easy out. If they're like, you know, you could tell right away if somebody's not into that. Um, and I, and I also think Ben, that for people listening to this podcast, it's really important that they don't think that those, the only people they can be transparent with are pastors. Sure. Or religious people or that, that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? They need to find people that they connect with, um, uh, that there's chemistry with. Chemistry is huge. Yeah. Like I, if I don't like somebody, like just naturally, like I gravitate towards them relationally. Don't even why even go there in terms of whether they have a vote in your yeah, life. There's sense. no reason. So look for people that you have chemistry with. That there's there's a sense of camaraderie with you. You you just like to be with each other. You'd actually go to a movie with them or go to uh, go out to to have a drink with them without having to talk about deep issues because you, yeah. you just like spending time with them. Those are definitely the ones that you want to first consider to maybe go into this other group of uh, having a vote yeah, in your life. Definitely remember that this is uh, to help make everything, make it better. Yeah, <laughs> This isn't right. something to embarrass you or simply to humble you. This isn't a religious exercise. That's exactly right. Whipping yourself, um, you know, as, as some kind of crazy form of religious punishment instead coming out and talking to somebody about your shadow Allowing yourself to have more self-awareness is ultimately going to improve things no matter how difficult it is. And we used to, back when I was you know, playing football in high school and stuff, we, our coach would tell us, you know, we, we, we run for a few different reasons. So we run for punishment, just for punishment. <laughs> and, that's, uh, and he said, and then we run for conditioning. We run to get better. We run mm. to ultimately yeah. that's what we're after when we do this. It's not just, it's not just this disciplinary action. So anybody listening to the podcast, going to Westside Church, understand. Because I don't know about you, but I've felt a little bit guarded going into some of this discussions because it's so tough. It really is. You're talking from the platform and I'm just going, look, don't 
go that deep into my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> tell me to love people, okay? Yeah. And tell me to be compassionate. Stop going yeah. so deep into my heart. But if you're a jerk, I, you, you want somebody to tell you. Right. You know, if you're actually a jerk in relationships, um, you're, if you're rude, if you're mean, if you don't, if you lack empathy, you want somebody in your life to inform you of that so that you have more flourishing relationships. And I would also say, Ben, that this is not a weekly exercise. Yeah. Come on. I mean, that's exhausting. Are you kidding me? I mean, if I meet with, with my, with my guys quarterly, I'm good. You know, I mean, really, it doesn't need to be every week, every month, you're hammering on yourself, you're navel gazing, you're trying to fix something. I mean, life, life would be awful. If it was all about just trying to fix stuff yeah. all of the time, but just having those people that you can call anytime that you regularly meet with, maybe it's quarterly. Um, I would probably say quarterly is a good rhythm for yeah. me at least. Um, but to have those people are great, but just don't like, don't do it every week because then that's actually emotionally unhealthy too. Hey, I'd like to talk about myself again today. I I, wow, I, I did yeah. yesterday, but I want to do it again today. That's, you know, that's like, really? Okay. <laughs> right. um, that's not emotionally healthy. Uh, and, but you need to have it at least in some form of rhythm in your life, you know, and people in your life. Yeah. So what are some ways you've done a really good job of talking about the process for you and even gave a lot of examples about hanging out with your sons. And yeah. if you haven't listened to the message, please go listen to it. Go to westsidechurch.org, find the media page and go and listen to the last few sermons. It's really good. But Pastor Steve, you, you, you mentioned a couple of stories where you got angry with your sons and yeah. um, that's been kind of a part of the long process of more self-awareness and emotional health. Are there some ways where we can do this? Of course, having somebody speak into our lives is important. Are there ways, are there some flags, are there some, some ways that we can realize and gain self-awareness even when we're by ourselves? Or we, we, can we observe ourselves in a healthy way? That's great. And I, and I think some of the books we've recommended are, are an easy way to do that, Ben, because it's, it's kind of hard to know where to start mm-hmm. with that. And so if you just have a self-assessment survey um, that you know, Emotional Intelligence 2.0 has one, um, Schizero has one, and Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, they just, just ask you some questions. You know, are you, do you kinds of questions. And the answers to those reveal... Um, at least at a at, at some level, your ability to be self aware, and you can start from there, and then that maybe even gives you more conversation to have with that person that you want to see if they're part of the vote group or not. Um, and so I would I would start with some assessments, to be honest. I mean, I, and that's kind of more me. I'm more like clinical and like linear, and I'm like, well, give me a just give me a test and tell me where I'm at. Yeah. You know, um, some other people may not be there, um, and they might need to um, you know get away. Go to the go to the woods, sit down um, with a, with you know something to ride on, and uh, and just go through your emotions that you experienced uh, the few days prior to that, um, and and highlight those, uh, and just make a note. On this day, I got angry at so and so. On this day, I felt really depressed, um, and try to put some kind of reason to it. Just some why did why, what was the what was the trigger on that emotion and, and write some of this stuff down. And if you do this consistently for a few weeks, all of a sudden you will have a map, an emotional map of who you are. Um, and then that also can help you kind of start to have other conversations with people you trust of things that you've noticed in your life. And 
I hate that. <laughs> Just so you know, I hate that whole idea. I, I hate the survey kind of thing, the fill out the questions, check out your score at the end. Because I, I just... I don't think you're alone, Ben. I think there's I know, a lot of people right? that I don't like not. it. Yeah, maybe if you're listening to this. But it's it's been so helpful for me to go through a lot of the stuff in Scazzaro's book and, and doing some other things. I remember one time Andy Stanley, I went to the Catalyst Conference and, and he said... Uh, what all of you need to do is you need to print off this survey that I made for you online available or whatever. And you need to hand out this survey to your staff and you need to let them rate you. And I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I am not doing that. And these are all volunteers or whatever. You know, they only worked with me for a handful of, I did not want to know what I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, And I think that speaks to something just about human nature in and of itself, man. I just, and I I mentioned this weekend, the, the, this, all of this that we're talking about takes a huge, huge amount of courage, Ben. I mean, there is no other way around this. I mean, it is, this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for the weak pansy type of people that yeah. are like, you know, these, the, if you want to go down this road, it will take a ton of courage yeah. um, to answer the questions, to go through the surveys, to spend some time reflecting. Um, it, it's, it's uncomfortable. And it's uncomfortable for everybody, Ben. It really is. It is something that just makes causes people to tense yeah. up and lock up and like, oh, I and don't want to do this. That's the underrated part of this whole thing. You talk about emotional health, and I think a lot of us think, you know, we're gonna we're gonna become more like a hippie or something. You know, <laughs> like we're gonna listen to slower songs and meditate more in our living rooms. That's the thing. There's yeah. a boldness to emotional yeah. health that I did not expect to come out yeah. to to be kind of prone to people that you're you're close to and to really ask yourself a lot of the difficult questions, there's a boldness and a courage to this that it takes somebody that really wants to make change. And I think it's so difficult and refreshing because we're not just, um, we're not just talking about spiritual truths in and of themselves, which is great. We're not just talking about the, the, the Holy spirit and the presence of God. All those things are great, but there's something about coming in and being like, Hey, this is how we can kind of measure some of this yeah. health that just yeah. makes you go, Oh no. Yep. And That's at the right. same time, it actually causes some real growth. And I think, I think a lot of times too, Ben, we hide behind the mask of, well, I'm a man. This right. is just the way men are, or I'm a woman and this is just the way women are. And we, we, cause we have these labels that men can are this way or that way. And women are this way or that way emotionally. And we, and we just kind of put that out there and we like, and we make excuses for ourselves. We just go, this is just the way we are. And really maybe that's some, some of that's true, but is it healthy? Are our relationships better for it because of the way I emotionally respond to the people in my life? So I think not, let's not hide behind the kind of the idea that, well, I'm a man and this is just how I am, you know, because this is how men are, you right. know, and, and women are the same. I mean, we have we all have these kinds of qualifications that we think excuse our behavior yeah. when in actuality they probably shouldn't. And the other thing I think that is is really related to that is the the idea that we already know all this stuff. Or that, no, I know that that's a blind spot in my life. And, you know, going again, back to to high school sports practice, because apparently that was a large part of my life for some reason. But I remember playing in the infield and doing things, you know, trying to just field ground balls and making mistakes and overthrowing people or whatever. And my coach screaming at me going, hey, you need to do this. You know, you need to get your backside down. You need to get your glove down and not poke at it. And, And I would, I remember saying things a few times my freshman year, like, I know, I know. I know. And he would go, if you know, yeah, right. <laughs> then yeah. why do you keep doing it? Yeah. And I would say, 
I know. <laughs> and and there, there's something about that, uh, getting mm. back to kind of the boldness of the whole idea. I think sometimes we actually do know yeah. like, this idea. I think that's why it's important when you say it's not just knowing your shadow, it's actually facing your shadow. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times we know that it's there. We just want to push the light away from us a little bit so right. that we don't actually have to face it yeah. anymore. And I, sports are great. If Evan was here, he'd get us back on track and not talk so much about sports. But <laughs> Let's do it. Sports are amazing that, and, and helping uh, us see who we've been the entirety of our life. Cause I think back to playing basketball and I was intimidated by anybody that had a stronger personality than me. I mean, I would, I would, I would like bend to their will. And then you had people that were way on the other end of the spectrum who were just bullies on the court. Yeah. Right. And what's interesting is that I went into adulthood. Guess how I went into adulthood as an intimidated leader. Yeah. And and bullies, they go into adulthood as bullies and everything in between. And that it's and I think as we can we can look back, that's another maybe another way to kind of assess ourselves, look back um at some things in our childhood that just were consistent, that kind of kept on coming up. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be able to highlight some of those things and go like, Oh, that's still kind of still with me because we do carry these things into adulthood. And from there, it's important to assess what God is calling you to and what God has said that you are. Yeah. Cause I was a similar leader where I was really reluctant. I didn't want to lead my team. I didn't want to lead my class. I didn't, um, I remember I got elected class president. I didn't run and I was upset. <laughs> like, I don't want to lead. I don't want responsibility. What are you talking about? Um, I like running sound. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, I like right. being a stage hand and, God kept calling me to to speak and to write and to be a little bit more out in front of people. And that, you know, that's not specifically the call for everyone. But I had to weigh my feelings and my shadow up against what God was calling me to do. And then that actually gave me the ability to assess where I needed to improve, hmm. the things that I needed to start to look at to, to actually grow as a leader. Because ultimately, like we said earlier, this is so we can get better. This is so that we can fulfill the call of God, not just be embarrassed while we're trying That's to right. find it. Yeah, I think about a like a beautiful um, wooden table that just has been not taken care of for, for decades. And then somebody that has the know-how and the ability to come in and they just begin to sand it down. They begin to, to polish it. And all of a sudden, the color, it's a different color. It's a different shape. It's a different texture than yeah. what, it, what, it, what it looked like. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what God loves to do is to come out and bring out who we actually are. Wow, yeah. And that's so powerful. When you find that, when you find that guy or that gal, it's like hold on to that because that's, a, that's, that's something that's God-breathed and, and your truest self. And I think that's what some of this is about too is just finding out who that is. So one of the biggest things in finding out who that is and and as we're we're going through the emotionally healthy life trying to figure out how to get there I wrote this down when you were when you were speaking cuz you asked the, this question what kind of church is this being Westside Church what kind of church do we want to be? Is this a place where it's not okay to not be okay or is this a place where it's okay to not be okay? Um and then I I I wrote a little note next to that and I said is the fabric of this church shifting or is it looking or smelling a little different than it has before? So I just kind of want to ask you That's that question. question. It feels like the fabric of the church is shifting and moving. A yeah. Little bit I think it's, message. I think it's partly generational too, because, um, my dad's generation, um, was much more reserved and much more, um, 
keep things close to the vest. Any kind of weakness was seen as a detriment in your life. It's not something that you want to let anybody know about. And so you, we have a whole generation of people that um, have built their lives and their careers, not on false pretenses, but just on this kind of this model of life that they portrayed. They got to write that. And now you have a generation um, like ours and others that are coming up that are that that they see through that. Yeah. And they and they know that there's stuff behind that, underneath that. That's not, and the, so they look at it and they see that they see that as uh, inauthentic. And and I don't think that generation. I would I would say they were being, you know, they weren't being authentic. I just think that's just the, that's just the way it was done yeah. then. And but now it's it's a completely different deal. And we cannot be a church who continues to cover up, to hide behind, to mask, to pretend. It's. I mean, if we want to reach our culture, we, God is not going to allow us to continue to live in that kind of hiding, uh, you know, lack of transparency culture. So I think that I think we you definitely have caught on to a very intentional shift, mm-hmm. and and even the we we transitioned with lead pastors here at Westside uh, almost four years ago. Four years ago, this October, Ken Johnson, the former lead pastor, an incredibly strong leader, right. um, very, very gifted, but very closed in terms of a lot of his personal life. Towards the end of his pastoring, he started opening up quite a bit more. But now, as you guys heard this last weekend, I mean, there's hardly a thing I won't, I won't, I'm not willing to tell the <laughs> sure, church about yeah. me, um, and that, and that's intentional. And it's only I only do it if God tells me to. I don't like you know. I just don't want to do it. It's something God has to say, but it has created um, uh, like an open door to others to like. Okay, maybe I can do this, and there is, and maybe this place is safe yeah. for it. Because I I don't know about you, but I've been to churches though. Yeah, man, you let anything like this out, and the the elders of the church are in my office going, uh, Steve, me. Uh, yeah. you gotta you gotta we gotta find somebody else, buddy. Sorry, we yeah. didn't know we didn't know you were this guy. And I hope and, it and, really creates a groundswell in yeah. the kingdom of God ultimately. Because it's funny, I hear things on TV or on uh, podcasts or. Uh, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, talking about the religious right or what churches think, or especially when, when it comes to politics and and culture and all those things, and the things that they talk about the church, I'm going, I don't know, I don't see it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's just not where I am, and I hope that really catches on in the culture and that there there comes an understanding that the church all of a sudden is perfect or it's everything that we hope it to be. But I hope that there's a real catching on in this authenticity that the culture around us really starts to see it. Because I honestly, for so many people, I don't think they're turned off to Jesus as much as they are just the people in the church. And I hope that that authenticity reaches their ears and it reaches their eyes so that they can feel comfortable engaging and or at least coming to check out what the church is doing yeah. because it's it's not what it's been made out to be in a lot of That's stories. right. And hypocrisy is the gap between um who I say I am right. and who I actually am. So good. And 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 we have to acknowledge that gap. If we don't acknowledge it, that's hypocrisy. I have to acknowledge that I am I'm shooting for the moon in becoming more like Jesus. I I literally want to be like him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going for that, but I have to acknowledge that I'm not there yet and I'm in process. And so is everybody else. And I think when we do that, that is actually compelling. But I also think on the flip side, we cannot just 
all be broken all the time, Ben. Yeah. I mean, I'm serious. I, I, I want, as I testified a little bit this weekend, is that I'm not that angry guy I was five years ago yeah. because of God's work in my life. And so we've got to keep telling those stories too, that, okay, yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect yet, but I'm not like I was before yeah. because of God, right? And so I think that kind of tension, that balance is super important. Yeah, let's celebrate the victories a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Because I don't want to... Exactly. We don't want to turn authenticity into... This is how hurt I am. We want to turn authenticity. We've been talking about this a lot down in in, uh, the student center, but we don't want to – it seems like every time you say, hey, can I just be real with you? The sentence that follows is, you know – I'm having a hard time in my relationship or I'm struggling with my with Jesus and I don't like to you know, whatever. Right. Um I would love to hear sometimes, not all the time, it doesn't have to be, but let's be real, you know, God is on my side. Let's be real. I've I had a victory today yes. in this area of my life because we're not yep. just sitting and soaking and yeah, I have a friend that yeah, I have a friend that attends our church and and as I've become more transparent, he um is always saying, Steve, I love the transparency, but I also want to know that this Christianity thing will do something for me. Wow. That it won't just keep me caught in my brokenness. You know, I want to know if there's something to it. And so I think we have to tell those stories um, and not, and we just have to be balanced in it. You know, we can't overshare both in our brokenness or overshare in our victories. We have to be balanced in those because we haven't arrived, but we are further along than we were uh, the day before. Um, and I think that's the kind of culture we want here at Westside. So one last question. This is regard in regard to the entire church again. So if, if we're doing this, we're trying to become emotionally healthy as a church. We want to be a place where it's okay to not be okay and at the same time celebrate the victories. Um, you asked the question to the individual on Sunday, how, am, I, am I getting better? And I want to ask you the question, how do we know that Westside Church is getting better? Wow, that's a super good question, Ben. I listen. I listen a lot to people that are around me, but not just the staff. I I intentionally go um, outside of the church walls of people that I'm really close to, and I ask questions about uh, Christians in general. It's harder to kind of grasp West Side. You know, not everybody knows where everybody goes to church, yeah, but sure. but to find out how how are we corporate we body of Christ doing um, in representing Jesus outside the church walls. And asking those questions to people that are not in the church is really enlightening. And it, and it tells me a lot about how we're doing, how we're progressing. Like several years ago, we decided to start um, really caring for our community, like tangibly caring. And before that, People would say about West Side when they thought about us in the community, like, well, they're not really that involved. Now they they would say we're dependent on the church, West wow. Side, being involved. So that's the kind of transformation we're talking about. And so I would say with emotional health, how do we know if we're getting better is keep your keep your ear to the to the ground um, outside the church so and good. see if you know what the what the what the flavor is the flavor getting better yeah. because if because the church is being Jesus you know, with skin on, emotionally healthy, et cetera, out there. That's so good. The Emotionally Healthy Life Part 2, Facing Your Shadow. Hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please go to westsidechurch.org, follow Behind the Message wherever you get your podcasts.